Welcome to the Modus Operandi Podcast, recorded on the 8th of May, 2021, with your hosts, Alan Miller and Dr. David Overby. This is episode 217. And now for the show. Ladies and gentlemen, them, they, thus, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Modus Operandi podcast. This is the first, hopefully, post-plague in-person recording of the Modus Operandi podcast. I am joined, by the way, I'm uh, Alan Miller, your host. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, who has come into town to the Institute for Psychic Reform mini-studio, the one, the only, Dr. David Overby. Greetings, everyone. So, uh, here we are. We are actually able to sit in the same room, maskless, and not have to fear that one of us is going to kill someone we know or the other person. <laughs> Actually, I think there is a point zero 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 seven uh, chance that that could happen. I think 88 out of 87 million people who've been vaccinated have gotten um, COVID and, and died. But from everything that I understand, if you're in a small group and everyone in that group is vaccinated, it's impossible that anything can happen. Yeah, it's basically... But I'm willing to say this, There's, there's too, no transmission. That That's the cool 2020 thing. 2020 was or such the hunkering down, basically like being at, at war. Instead of bombs coming from the sky, it was a invisible microscopic virus is coming from everywhere and uh there is a point at which one has to get back out there and i did this such that i timed it where i had my second shot on april the 21st and then you do the uh full two weeks after that and i believe this is the first uh saturday of the two weeks uh Beyond, it's called being developed. Uh, you you are totally developed once you're there two weeks or three weeks after the 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 second shot, where well, your let, immune system is. All right, let's see. I'm going to be 52 years old, so I, I guess now I finally understand what everybody was saying. They were saying I was uh, developmentally delayed. But the boots. Uh, so yeah, hey everybody! If you haven't gotten your shot yet, go get it. It's it's is um, the level of relief that you get from just knowing that your chances, you personally, your chances of getting sick, and this includes people who have had it. Um, and I, we've we've talked about. We'll, we'll loop back around to this, but um, whether whether you've had it or not, you should get the the vaccine because. As of now, it works against most of the variants, and that's what we have to stomp out. Um, and the the as best as we know, it is pretty much as as efficacious against 
all of the variants that are floating around at the moment. Let me just jump in here. Which will keep you from spreading it to someone else. What does one make of all of these people who do not want to get vaccinated? I mean, is this not just the ultimate in cowardice and selfishness? I don't – there's – you know, I I think that it's it's really complicated because there is a certain group that is – they're not going to get vaccinated because they're Republicans and they they, despite the fact that that every single Republican congressperson has gotten the vaccine, um, and despite the fact nothing's happened to any of them, they are convinced that 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 you know that it's a bad thing. And then you've got the people that believe conspiracy theories, which are, for the most part on the right wing but there are people on the left wing too that are that sort of is like this, uh, complicated anti, or is it just shit. pathetic it's bad i mean our our it's our, pathetic well our it's, our media system has led to this complicated makes it so, sound like there is actually a valid point for not hey, getting face towards me complicated makes it sound yeah. like there is a valid reason for not getting vaccinated and I don't think there is one. No, there's there isn't. There isn't one, but the reasons that they are doing it are weird and complicated. Some people are like, um, I know I'm healthy, it should go to somebody else. And then now they've they're stuck in that f- format despite the fact it's walk up appointments now. I mean uh, the the uh, Cardinal Stadium over there at U of L, you literally can walk in there and get your shot. Um, all you have to have is your identification and your birth date. You know, that's it. Um, that's the only thing you need, and they will stick a fucking needle in your arm, and you will have your first shot. It's the ultimate in complacency and apathy and being comfortable, and absolutely at no point can anything ever enter into the picture other than me. It's the United States of me. It just like there would be no reason that I would want to get vaccinated because it would be the right thing to do for myself and for other people. So they're not even going to think about the fact that for the world, we need to get everyone vaccinated. Why don't we get to the topic of this insanity of not wanting to let go of the intellectual property rights for this vaccine, which is such a highly specialized thing in a in a worldwide life and death crisis if you're talking about an incentive-based uh, economic system how could there not be incentive just to get everybody vaccinated as quickly as possible <clears throat> the fact that they have not already waived the uh, as the British say patent rat rights um, of Pfizer and Moderna and Johnson and Johnson and uh, f- uh, what is the British one? Uh, the the AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca. Um, I kind of I want to say that Johnson and Johnson has already cleared some some places in India, but India is the largest producers producer of vaccines in the world, um, and they don't have these they they don't have the ability to to be producing it there in India where they're basically threatening the rest of the world what's happening in India right now 
So uh, Biden actually, I mean, much to his credit, he has uh, he has said that he that the patent rights are going to he he is pushing the the. There's a system they have to go through, but it's the World Trade Organization, and they they are now pushing the World Trade Organization to remove the 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 patent rights for this. Um, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll why s- were the we'll patent kind of- rights even there in in the first place? I mean, it's just so blatantly anti-science. Well, to, I, I mean, to say I, I think that, we, I think we've kind of oh, this hasn't been that bad. We've kind I'm of, sure we, we'll get we, it under control now. We, we've kind of discussed. And sure enough, we got the vaccine. There was this momentary sense of, and it and it works. And like, wow, that's the really big, great thing that you you <clears> need. <throat> this watershed moment of hope through this uh, nightmare, and then. But no sense of, okay, it, and I said, man, I was saying this months ago, I said, it, it can never just be about having the vaccine. It's got to be about getting people vaccinated. And it's got to be about getting the world vaccinated. And people have been saying for months that you, 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 your own population won't be safe until the entire world is safe. Because as long as it's spreading, and there's no way with the chaos Cheers. going on in uh, India right now that they can possibly be uh, uh sequencing and keeping track of all these variants if there is a variant that that emerges that is uh you can at least even partially evade vaccine man then it's really just looking uh like like a horrible situation because of just because this is going to go on a long time and i don't think anybody wants that well i don't there um that guy george man he just he really wants it. I, I think here's the we've kind of discussed George. This. Yeah, yeah. Who? George. He really wants everybody to get infected. He just he's awful. George is awful. Um, so the, the, we've kind of discussed this before, but uh, um, and there are a lot of people named George. Named then, George. There are an awful <laughs> lot of them. And I'll tell you that they have good. <laughs> there are certainly millions of people who don't want people not to get infected like that. I'm trying to go for the double negative there. In other words, like maybe people just don't actively try to spread it, but they effectively do because they're not living in a mindful way such as that they don't want to spread it. I mean, that was one of the worst things uh, about America's response. Even worse than that is how many people, especially Americans, but this is true worldwide, still don't think this is a thing. They still don't believe that that COVID is. They think it's all fake. That all the numbers are fake, and and that everyone's lying to them because Q, you know, because the the conspiracy theory, the the sort of the bubble that they're in, is telling them that it is in fact all lies, and so they're like, well, it's all lies because. But who puts them in that bubble? I Facebook. Think that they put themselves in that bubble because no, no, too I, many people use Facebook and don't. Yeah, but I mean, it's one thing to be um, see the, the people against the, the, the people the, the that are like these. I mean, the, that's just insane. The people that are enough. like these Q people, they've always existed. I can remember in the eighties and the nineties, I knew quite a few people that were into conspiracy theories, but they were a minority of people, and they were usually very smart people who were not very educated. Do you know what I mean? 
They hadn't learned how to research. They hadn't learned how to to. But that's the irony in all of this because critically. you actually do have to have those skills to believe QAnon. I mean, QAnon is a very twisted form of critical thinking. It's telling you that all of this established, vetted media that itself once upon a time had a basis in critical thinking you should be critical of it so yeah i just it, it's um, no no it's not that you should be critical of it is that out of hand you should disbelieve everything that they say but here's what q says and it's different from what they say so they're lying but that's still a form of critical thinking no what it, you just explained. it is well, cu- of course it's it is. cult think that is the way you well, think when you're in a cult where um, where reality demonstrable still, reality but, where but, but you but can a you cult can still requires you to immerse yourself in a literature right or in in some sort of message you have to accept and that's that's a, part of you have to accept at least a seed of irrationality for cults okay, sure All and right. then so that expands right. to it where you believe it's, more it's, and it's more irrational things it's a cult but how did it how did it uh, come in, into place? Because it just hasn't been around uh, forever. I mean, well, it's as, not like people who hang as, on to the conspiracy. As I, you know, actually, there I have it lined up in my queue of podcasts to listen to. There's actually a, a, a multi-part uh, examination of how Q came to be. And Harper's Magazine has an article, which I also haven't read, that explains in detail how Q came to be. But they Q, what Q has done... And this this is really, I mean, I don't know if this is a a one person or or a little amorphous group of people that is actually, you know, pulling the strings on this. But they arranged this thing around political, uh, polit- other conspiracy theories, and just sort of started pulling them into to the center thing, which is that there's this pedophile ring. <laughs> that the, the pizza place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Democrats are all pedophiles. Uh, they're vampires. They're they're harvesting the organs of of infants. So um, what about what about this? The problem then is that basically everything in America has become a cult because it's so many people who haven't been getting vaccinated or who, in one way or another, in their minds, want to block out or. Uh, diminish the significance of of the pandemic. I mean, even people who don't dispute that it exists, I think a great many of them, their entire time has been focused on not letting go of the world that came before. And to me, that is really just as bad. It really is as as what you could say about um, about QAnon and. Um, Because once this occurred, we were no longer in the world before the virus. Once the virus came along, that was it. And so it is this uh, mental illness of non-responsiveness, right? Like something real has happened and you don't respond to it. Now, there were um, the, the most disturbing group are those people who don't deny that it exists and and uh, may not even deny the severity of it but they could never let go of the world that was before covid the pre-covid world and now that there's the slightest 
uh, indication that, at least in the United States, we may be um, digging our way out. Um, all they want to do is to get back to the way that th- things were. And that's really a horrible thing. And it makes me think of the end of The Great Gatsby, you know, boats against the current, ceaselessly toward the past. That there's something twisted and warped and just um, uh, developmentally stunted about the American mindset that it always wants to go back, back, right? You saw that in the 80s, right? Which I've been enjoying uh, ripping on this evening. <laughs> um, but in the 80s, it was all about we got to get... When we grew we up. Gotta, we got to get back to the 50s. And a lot of crappy music. And also filmmaking being ruined. Um, <laughs> other than that, and, and, and then there was the bad part. Wait, I thought digital ruined movies... No, the eighties eighties ruined it. E. T. That was it. <laughs> oh well, that was yeah, one of the Sp- worst Spielberg. movies ever oh, made. Man. Of course, I mean, just awful, man. Just a bunch of garbage. And the thing is, have, is, have you rewatched it recently? Because I, I've I, seen, I can't watch it. I, 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 I completely is, agree with you. Let me tell you something. I thought about it was it. kind of dumb, Dramatic but it was moment from my childhood. Emotionally, this was the freaking movie that I I went to see that I got conned into seeing for my thirteenth birthday. Right, and it was horrible. And this was what would we what would we call this? Um, a, like a building's roman, like the story of someone growing up. And this was like a moment when I uh, realized, like a, a Stephen Dadalist from Portrait of an Artist as a Young Man, when he realizes that he's different from others. And it's that scene in in ET. Like, first of all, I was already just bored, and I was like, "This movie's stupid. I'm ready to go, you know, eat pizza, have birthday cake, and." Uh, these kind of things, right? So, and it's that scene where, and everybody knows the movie, that shows you how um, how horribly influential it's been. But they're on their bicycles, and the feds are chasing them, and so what happens? Like, E.T.'s finger lights up, and then they all lift off the ground. And I just thought, God, this is so dumb. And everybody in the theater was just like, oh, well, it's so great! Like, like if he can do this, then... Why is any of this happening? Like, why doesn't he just make the people who's chasing them blow up? Or why did he wait this long? Like, why did these uh, young boys have to uh, bicycle three miles and nearly uh, they're going to suffocate, they're, they're going to hyperventilate, and then he lifts them off the ground? I mean, it's just, it's one of those movies where it's like, if we're if we're in a science fiction supernatural film then that's where we need to be all along like in star trek where you can push a button and people dematerialize in one place and then they rematerialize in another place or right in, or and you buy that or or, but, or deadpool where if we're, if you, we're, your arm gets chopped off and it grows back where has a little bitty hand on the, it you know the uh the, the good guys are being chased by by the bad guys then you know this is basically a ver- version of reality but that movie was just such a waste so I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, what do you think about Deadpool? Um, uh, sorry, he, we're, we're smoking a joint because we're able to s- sit here in the room together. Um, Are you going to keep that in the actual podcast? Fucking yeah, man! What? Wow! You can't you can't hear us lighting it continuously and, and hitting. But it. what if what if my mom listens? Do you really, really? How is your mom going to listen to this? <laughs> 
<laughs> what if she gets upset with me? Wait, what, if so, so, what if someone mails it to her on a happy CD? Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, especially oh, that's my right. mom, that's the best right. mom T- in the world. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Uh, happy Mother's Day to my in mom, fact, too. In fact, we who's, are... Who's never going to hear this, but Two hours Day, from ag- the actual hour of, of uh, Mother's Day. Um, yeah, I mean, prohibition is certainly something that... Um, what? What are you looking for? A letter? Now you oh. gotta you've gotta get the uh, the yawn me. out. <laughs> like that'll definitely get the listeners coming back. Oh uh, no, they're they, <laughs> they, they, they know at this point, man. We're 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 like stone and high. Hey, um, I think we're gonna take a, a little short break and throw in some kind of uh, um, advertisement, probably from our fabulous, r- totally real store. The following message comes from Robo Liquor Incorporated. To our thousands of loyal and very satisfied customers, we here at Robo Liquor Incorporated apologize for the recent issues with our controller app. Russian hackers took control of all Robo Liquor 2020s for a brief period of five days last month. You may have noticed your phone heating up as you use the patented Robo Liquor 2020 and odd behavior from your Robo Liquor 2020, such as leaving the toilet, coming into your living room, and changing the channel to OANN or Fox News. We would like to reassure you, our value customers, that with our most recent version of the app, your Robo Liquor 2020 no longer sends all your personal data to shady Russian hacker farms in Siberia and does not and will never again send a constant stream of both of your phone's cameras to the same hacker farms. Despite these initial flaws in the app, we thank all of our users who refused to part with their RoboLicker 2020 and openly blocked intelligence officers from confiscating their RoboLicker 2020s. They're that good. So remember... Your RoboLicker 2020 no longer spies on you and will continue to give you the deep satisfaction that only comes from getting your anus licked clean as a whistle. Just ask any RoboLicker 2020 owner if you can get them to come out of the bathroom. RoboLicker 2020. It's not spying on you anymore. Oh, wait, hold on. Oh. Dude, we're... You know we're on the air. Oh, God, that... Wow, what a great product. Uh, I hope you all <laughs> go and buy it. <laughs> uh, hey, welcome back to the Modus Operandum Podcast. I'm sure that whatever that was that we just sold to you Look, uh, you know, Now that totally I think real. about this, this is, this, is, this is totally perfect because... It is. It's obvious. I know you don't watch television any anymore, but but I still do, and so do uh, millions of Americans. And it's clearly geared just to be saturated with the most boring content possible. And that's really the objective of the 21st century: is just to tame people to the nth degree, and to make everyone just uh, sedated, but in a bad way. It's to create pervasive uh, malaise. Boy, you just never know when that advertising is going to pop up. (laughs) That won't be in there. I'll definitely cut this part out. 
Um, now that part you should leave in. That was that was kind of cool. No, the whole thing about it's perfect because uh, pop-up advertising happens all the time on television. You've got the programming, and you're watching something, and they can't even wait to intrude on the programming to put a commercial on. They have these little pop-ups, and then it'll come up in the bottom uh, right of the screen, you know, and you see it. And, of course, everybody's got these big flat screen TVs, and so it doesn't take up that much. And here's the thing that you could have never gotten away with this 30 years ago. There was a freaking two-hour movie on, and I was you know, doing the math because you can see the you know, number of minutes, and then you see and it's on from eight o'clock until eleven. And this is a film that lasts, you know, one hundred and eighteen minutes. You've taken a two-hour movie and made it three hours. You're th- you've thrown in a full hour of advertising, and that's definitely a sign of uh, capitulation and acceptance among the public. Like, you could not have done that. If you had done that in the 90s, like, people would have just gone Wait, crazy. What, they would have been what, like... They, what it wasn't, channel was this movie on? There were, it's, this is typical. This is common. This is one of the, I don't know, five, ten movie channels. I mean, they're all over the place. There's the Paramount. There's the uh, AMC. There's the TMC. There's so other if, ones you, just, if you're subscribed to Paramount... This is it's a commercial channel. It's not a subscription. You get it with your cable package. Oh. You've got like 999 channels, right? All kinds of stuff. And the, the <laughs> and advertising the comes won. on <laughs> more um, uh, more frequently. Uh, and then you also have, they'll just throw in these, like the, uh, the, the meaningful beauty from Cindy Crawford. Like, she looks just as beautiful at, you know, 58 as she does at 28. It's like, no, she doesn't. And then it's a four-minute commercial. It's four freaking minutes. And they'll throw this in there in the middle. This is really, really, I think, disgraceful. They'll throw them in in these uh, Murder, She Wrote episodes, right? And, of course, one of the the big demographics of people who's going to watch Murder, She Wrote are older women, right? I mean, that's who Jessica Fletcher, the protagonist, is, right? So it's... Instead of just letting them enjoy their their show, one of their their favorite shows, right? And it is a great great show. Like it's it's a vestige yeah, from was, a time long gone. Yeah, and it's not really just so. It's it. it's the writing is excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they really went to great care to make each episode a really good program. They don't make any effort to do that anymore at all. Like you can flash forward now, and you've got a program like Chicago PD where every single episode is the same freaking episode. Have and you, everybody basically just says have, the same thing over and have, over. Have you seen And the, it never expands. Like, we don't get to know these people. Have you seen people. The Good Place yet? Is this one of these, the person has autism, but they they, they can really do a lot of no, good? No, The Good Place. No, The Good no, Place. No, I haven't. I, I guess I um, haven't. You should. Uh, I'll just. I, I'm just. Place gonna, it doesn't exist. I, I'm, I'm going to recommend this to the uh, uh, um, to the um, to our right. to our listener but that that they watch it. And, I, this and is. They, I think we're coming at it from slightly different angles. What I think is important is you've got to be able to look at the big trends and the big picture. And of course, with the uh, the oodles and oodles of programs out there, uh, and you could say the same thing about music. Of course, you can always find something that says. Well, this contradicts what you're saying. But the general progression of what television, art, and music were in the late 20th century, and then what we're seeing now is um, is clearly a, a decline. And I'm not making this from some sort of pompous, um, esoteric, uh, aesthetic uh, argument. Like I'm a snob, I'm making this very basic point about you're... Ch- Showing an hour of commercials. 
to show so, a two-hour movie. So, and this would not have happened when we were growing up. This would not have happened yeah, when we were 30 I, years I, old. I, I don't, yeah, it wouldn't have been that bad, but it was pretty bad. Here, here's the thing, is that, is that, I mean, as far as I can tell, we are in a kind of golden age of television. It blows my mind um, you would say something like it that. W- <laughs> but you have to, it's, it's just like certain programs, because you can... You think about it when we were growing up. There were basically three channels, you know, and PBS. You know, there was ABC, uh, NBC, and CBS. And so you had, at 10 o'clock, three shows. Right now, there's fucking 500 of them. But you've got really good ones that are in there, and there's enough that if you were to, save, if you were to make those a lineup, on three channels, it would be about the same amount of of content as the, as the, what they were putting out then that was on the air for everybody to see. But most of it's streaming. You know, it's not the same anymore. Over the air and even cable does not have a lot of the good shit that's out there. Showtime, for instance. I mean, there are multiple pl- programs that are on Showtime that are really good. HBO has several shows that are amazing. Uh, Netflix has a bunch of shows that are really good. Um, Amazon Prime even has a few that are really good. And then you get into like Hulu Originals and some of these other ones. And I don't, I, I don't see any of those, but I hear about them. And they're like you know, done like eight episode seasons, like like they do in Britain. You know, not thirty episodes or twenty episodes or whatever. They do like an eight episode or six episodes is a whole season, and then and they release it all at once. Um, Shit's Creek is a great example. Um, this is a, a Canadian show. Um, it uh, stars uh, what's his name, Gene Levy, um, his son. Um, Scarlett O'Hara. I've, I've seen, and it is fucking uh, so goddamn funny. Now, this is another thing. It's, it kind of reminds me of of the ET experience. There are just a lot of things that that people find funny and entertaining that I do not. And I, I've I've got to just jump in here and and say you're only as strong as your weakest link. And part of the measure of uh, where a culture is at a given time is. Um, is there graffiti of, of its um that's one thing but of its not top notch stuff what is what's the aggregate and it's kind of like looking at a at a population right it's like we know everybody's not going to be rich but if we look at your general population do we see that like in woodstock everybody is in shape like you don't see a single fat person out of the 300,000 people there Everybody seems to have a brain. Like you can talk to regular people and they'll have an idea in their head. They don't just sound like they are looking at their phone and then repeating everything. Um, Or is it like it is today where it is common now that, especially with men, uh, that people are fat um, and... The, this pandemic just showed that it's a it's a herd of idiots and crazy people like the bottom has fallen out and so like 
the fact that maybe Schitt's Creek is uh, uh, kind of funny, I, I have watched some of it and, and didn't care for it. And I've seen other things on Did Netflix. Did you like SCTV? And, 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 uh, no, didn't, didn't like any of that stuff. So you, And it, I think well, that Saturday yeah, Night Live needed to be over when it ended the first time. Um, but it's really sad uh, to look at the just the, the emptiness and it's just not interesting the, the, the things that I watch um, by, by and large, like it, so much of it is completely, uh, there just isn't any emotion to it. And it's just done out of uh, cleverness and a, a high degree of stylized competence, but that's it. It's like, everybody's been doing the same thing for too long. I, you should watch The Good Place. Sure. Um, I'm that sure that'll change my mind about it. Um, have you seen Umbrella Academy? No, I haven't. Have what you, do you think about the story of the 900... It's really been 900,000 people who have uh, died of COVID in wait, the United wait, States. We'll, we'll come to that in a second. Have you okay. watched Deadwood? That's Yeah, isn't that have to do with South Dakota one way or another? It's, yeah, it's Fargo. And, it, I'll meet you... To this degree, the last thing that I saw on this golden age, and I, I'll have to make a commentary on that after I make this book. The one thing that I've seen in this golden age uh, that I would uh, go along with is a, that show, The Sopranos. That I thought was a good show, and I, I did find myself getting uh, uh, pulled in. Hey, what a perfect term, right, for that that show? Getting getting pulled in. Um, to uh, to really be be into that, but the way that people will see one program like The Sopranos and think, oh, that was really good, and then it's it's like they're going to starve to death if they don't get that over and over and over and over and over again. Like you can't look to media or culture. Same thing goes with sports. You cannot look to these things to just constantly fill this void that you have. So it was a good show. That doesn't mean that now then this next thing's going to be great. This next thing is going to be great. Like I have actually tried to watch some episodes of Saturday night live for various reasons. There might be a, um, the host is somebody that's interesting. Uh, Daniel Craig hosted, uh, one show and I did like that one. Uh, although he did one skit that I that I didn't think was funny at all, but the, but that one was was pretty good. Yeah, I saw that one. And then sometimes there are um, there'll be a, a band that's playing. If I just happen to catch it when the band is playing and I listen to it, some of the things that I that I've heard are uh, are all right. Um, but man, if I sit there and just want to watch like a whole show, and this has happened with different groups of people, all of whom are my friends and I respect, but it's just not any good at all. It's not funny. It's it's so exhausted and beaten to death. And I think you I think you have got to uh, understand and hear where I'm coming from. In Saturday Night Live, like, what year is it? It's twenty freaking twenty one, man. This is something that began in 1975, and that's what I'm saying. Like, enough is enough. Like, come up with some new stuff. It's the same thing with this James Bond. Speaking to Daniel Craig, I mean, I love James Bond. I have a James Bond tattoo. I know the James Bond movies. I can quote the lines. I think it's awesome. I think it's time enough. Like, we don't need to make any more James Bond movies. Uh, okay, there's a lot to unpack there, but I will agree with the uh, lack of originality. Uh, 
That's uh, a very well good. Thank you. Across across entertainment, um, there are people that are doing it. A- SNL is, I think, a weird thing. It it ebbs and flows. There are episodes of it that are really. So does the Nile. Are that are well? See, that's the thing. It's a sketch show that has been in this time slot forever. And it's got a rotating cast of people that come in and, and do basically the same thing. There's writers, there's comedians. but People have been doing the same but, thing for too long. Uh, sure. Well, oh, no, I don't think it's too long. I, mean, I I don't see any reason to get rid of it. I mean, why? Th- there's this time slot every Saturday night for, you know, h- half a year. I don't know. Why, why, why not? Why do we get rid of the horse and buggy? Why not feel why, it this why way? Why do we get rid of... Why don't we go back to living in caves? But it works. People watch it. And... and there is, or it's the and, fact and, that people watch it and is as I a said, bad thing. Like you're assuming and, and, that people and, watch it, right? That's what I'm saying. It's like everybody just like with, is hypnotized. Everybody's okay, been sedated. So we shouldn't do theater anymore. Uh, that's not at all the same thing. Like uh, no, Saturday Night Live is a specific program. Saturday Night Live is a sketch it's, show. It is a sketch show, and they have that you know they throw in videos and stuff, right? But that is a super common theater. It's a sketch show conceit. with a format, and it's it's followed followed the format. Um, every I do every think, week look, you write new sketches. A culture, and yes, I, maybe we do need to get rid of the theater. Maybe it would be good not to. Maybe you've said the same thing about sports. Like, would, do you think we need? It's a good thing that now the NBA something that I. I would be enthused to watch back in the 1980s, and I haven't watched a full NBA game in 10 years. I mean, I just don't don't care. Like, it's totally overexpanded. It's, you don't think you can that things at some point get run into the ground? What about the case for revitalization? Don't you think that the culture needs to revitalize itself and add new to the old? Think about it. You're talking about... Uh, uh, television, like it's with the theater, but a hundred years ago we didn't we didn't have television. I mean, this this whole uh, pop culture didn't See, exist. That, that's, that's the thing is that, that SNL is people sort were of able a, is, to is create sort of, their own entertainment. Or S- in one way, SNL or, is like an echo of vaudeville, and it's an echo of the kind of of short sketch theater that has gone on for ages. It's a single thing that, and it's. Sometimes it's shit, just like live theater shows are, where they're writing sketches and new sketches and they're performing them every week. The question, though, is are people doing these sketches because they are discovering something and and they're excited to be doing this thing, or has it just become so ingrained in the culture that it's all on autopilot and... These people, they, they do it, and now everybody's like a robot, and they just go into this thing that's been around forever, and so it becomes a contradiction to what it once was originally. I mean, wait, wait, at so, some so, point, you so, had to right, get these right, young so comedians th- together in the 70s, and they came up with this idea of, hey, why don't we do a show that's just uh, you you're, know live you're, sketch theater? No, you're, about, we, you're about half right on this. Half of the team were writers. And that's the way it's always been. And the so, the the writers would there was appear no beginning to Saturday Night Live. I'm saying that once upon a time, someone um, had to come set, up with the idea to yes, have the show. You, you know so where, it was, you know where Saturday Night Live came from? It came from Second City. They they stole Second City and put it on the on the on the TV. Second City was stage, right? So they yes. they adapted sketch some, show that's out of Chicago. Yeah, weekly, right? Weekly and brand new sketch shows. And that's people like Belushi. 
Exactly. Are straight well, from al- that. Al- almost everybody on the first. So I don't know that they stole it, but they just adapted. Oh no, they just extended. Yeah, they just put it on TV. They just they just basically took what they were but doing. That, but that's still an and idea. They're still doing right? it. It, did, it was an automatic thing. So I'm saying after a while, this thing becomes yeah and. I mean, there there are, there are people there are people writing sketches. They're different people year to year, one after another. Sometimes it's going to suck. Look, sometimes it's not. If I, I go to the movies, I don't expect every movie to be great. If I go to a play, I don't expect every play to be great. And if I watch a television program, if I I can bring it back to Murder She Wrote, right? Like it's a great program, and some of the episodes are excellent. And then there are others where it's just like, well, you know, I've seen this one before. It's it's not that great, but then the one on after this is is, is really good. So I'll I'll watch it. Anyway, it's it's really late. So uh, Dave, I, what Dave, else would, Dave would like to say, "Get off my lawn." <laughs> um, <laughs> but here's the thing. It can't be where 90% of the time what I'm watching I think is garbage and I'm just sick of it. Like every single thing, I'm just sick of it. No, like that, I think it's that, nothing but egomania. No, that sounds there's like no you. Art, that, that, I'm, that, I'm tired of it. It sounds like, appropriate for you. You don't understand. It's not about me. I'm talking about a. Uh, I'm talking about a way of looking at whether you want to continue to be uh, supportive of something or, or to follow something. You don't think I'm making any sense? Like it. It is. It is actually possible to make a show that most of the time is pretty good. Yeah. Like it doesn't have to be that ninety percent of the time it's um, worthless. I would like to recommend the good place. It is actually listener. possible that when you go to the movies, most of the time you'll be reasonably somewhat pleased with going to the movie. It was ten years for me between seeing good movies. I saw the King's Speech in two thousand ten, and it was not until Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, twenty nineteen, that I saw another good movie. And every movie I saw in between was horrible. I mean, it was just like, oh my god! Like they're doing this on purpose. Twenty ten. Like they just they decided that if we can start now, we can condition people to just watch the uttermost drivel, just the most worthless stuff, because it's become an automated behavior in society that people go to the movies, they spend time on the internet, and they watch television. They're going to do it no matter what. Hmm. They're just horrible. That's unacceptable. You can't go ten years and not put a good movie on. There has to have been a good one. No, there wasn't. No, I'm pretty sure. And there I was. was going to the movies more from like 2010 to say 2015 and 16. I even went to see First Man, the movie about Neil Armstrong. I thought, you know, you know me, Space Cadet, Mr. Spacehead, love the Ryan Gosling and uh, uh, Clara Foy. Oh, wait a minute. It's about Neil Armstrong. Wait a minute. So, so you hated Deadpool? I have not seen Deadpool. I don't know if I ever answered that question. You I did, have not you seen Deadpool. did Deadpool. not? No. Oh. Well. I will say this. There was a movie that I, that I did what, not see when it was on the Star movies. Wa- it was with, the Star it was, Wars it was with, Rebel uh, One. It was with Russell Crowe, and he wears a blue leather jacket. And, man, I wish I could remember the, the name. I saw it last year, and it was really good. Um. And the and the woman who plays a pussycat in Once Upon a Time in in, in Hollywood is is in it too. Although so you, she's only you in don't it you don't and like that the, was really good. But you don't like the Bourne movies. That is from two thousand two to two thousand seven. I'm talking about the decade between 
2010. Really? Those were that old? And two, I, yes. I thought, I thought they were new. Jason that. Bourne, uh, Born Identity is 2002. Born Supremacy right, is 2004. I, I'm, Born I'm, Ultimatum I, is 2007. I'll have, to, I'll have to admit I'm struggling a little bit, but you didn't like the Star Wars movies. No. No, no, none of them. No, they're, wow. they're horrible. God, they're so stupid. How gets character like Chewbacca? Come on, man. R2-D2 in the a garbage can walking around. <laughs> that movie sucks. Wait, you just 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 horrible. Just Star Wars in general. Yeah, worthless, bad. Uh, okay. But not it didn't Star Wars alone didn't ruin movies. It was ET. Like if it had, if they could have just but they really got their jones on with Star Wars. And here's the thing, man, you just get rid of all the writing. You get rid of the writing and you get rid of the, the acting and it's all special effects. It's special effects and and sensationalist characters. Yeah, and, you, and people if, eat it up. If you get rid of the writing, of course, what's left? <laughs> Garbage. That's what I'm saying. These movies but, don't have it. The, the model for making a, a movie like Star Wars or E.T. or all these other movies like the Godzilla movie is, so, so you, it's just a spectacle. So and you, you know you, the argument you, about... You, you hate all the spaghetti westerns. No, those movies are... A lot of those movies are great. They're the total opposite. Like... That's I what mean, Star Wars was. was it was a, a spaghetti, spaghetti western, western in space. So these these uh, spaghetti westerns, like Once Upon a Time Out in the West, and A Few Dollars More, and The Good and the Bad and the Ugly. Yeah, these movies had these movies had robots that. and uh, lightsabers. No, I don't agree with that at all. There's, there's a total what? complete difference. I'm I mean, just talking about the storyline and the characters. No. It, it doesn't matter that there's robots and shit. There were horses and, and buggies. Right, then those, those things are real. Yeah, well... R2-D2 is not real. Um, it's imaginary. Not yet. Well, right. You know, not not yet. And, I mean, that's the whole... So that's, we we the, live on Mars. Well, of, no, not yet. We, we don't. science fiction. is is like... Imagine it. You're Here it right. Is. You just made my point. They're completely distinct genres. Like a science fiction film and a western are not at all the same no, thing. No, the storyline totally, the, the story the, 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 the rooted is a hundred percent rooted in the action. No, the it's first not. It's, the first Star Wars on, movie that came out is a hundred percent a western. It's a western where this this these uh, individuals come. They end up forced together. And this greater thing happens, and they they run through it, or a war movie, even more like war say, movie. I say could, an old I could, World War Two movie, but, it's, but there was an I mean, awful lot of the sort of the cowboy shit look, where you've got a cowboy, and he finally right. he's off on his own. He's not going to have anything to do with him. Okay, and he all right. Arrives at the last moment to save the day. And, what is there to Darth Vader as a character? Nothing. Oh no, no. There's, there's this. this. There's this. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Right, perfect. Like this, this—that's what I mean. It's the—it's the spectacle, and and Aristotle said that you know spectacle is the weakest part of of art, right? Because you don't go see a play, and if the writing is really bad I, I and just, the acting is really bad, you say, "But that was a great play because I liked the costumes." And that's what see, I'm saying. That's all see, Star Wars is: is I, costumes. I, I, I just I'm going to disagree in, with cheap, your, with cheap your, action sequences. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to disagree with your Dark Vader. You don't uh, get point involved in the because, characters. There's, oh, actually, you don't I get do, involved I, in the people's I lives. I completely disagree. There are multiple scenes where the Vader character has a moment, you know, where he something's gone wrong or or he's. And the the guy that was doing the body for 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 Vader, um, 
you can see he was classically trained. Most of those guys were Shakespeare actors that that were involved in it. And he do, he'll do this, and, and there'll be a clutch moment, and it's just a slight thing, and then he turns away and, and moves. And it, it's that is that <laughs> sure man whatever that that is. <laughs> I mean, I mean, so you're just. You're it's just, a western, and it's Shakespeare, and it's. Of course, it's, it is. It's everything Shakespeare. I, what is not Shakespeare? Give me one example of of a movie that doesn't have, at some point, well, a, a Shakespearean what, reference in it. What uh, What movie then isn't uh, the Odyssey? What movie isn't Homer? What movie isn't Chekhov? I mean, you could say that about any of the. Uh, Narratives, the epics that that pre- preceded the, no, the every, modern era. That, everything that um, but the night movies of the nineteen seventies was the pinnacle of American. Filmmaking everything that Woody Allen did is the, none the of those things was you on, just said. The emphasis was on 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 writing and on uh, action, also, but just enough action um, that it doesn't uh, totally dominate. The movie, but you there is an intellectual dimension. Like that there's nothing intellectual about what's going on in in Star Wars. It's something that's meant to be watched, I think, in a casual way. And there is something to be said for the the movie where you basically turn your brain off, right? Like that's that's why we're going here. And for me, anyway, the, the, those spaghetti westerns and a lot of films from the from the late '60s and through through most of the 1970s, they they definitely uh, invited you to think and challenged you to think. And and the characters were interesting human beings where there was some dimension to them. And it's obvious that Star Wars is literally a black and white film. You have Luke Skywalker walking around in his white robe, and he's the good guy. Skywalker. What a dumb name. And then Darth Vader, another dumb name, and he's black, right? It's like a chessboard. It's a stupid movie. If everybody loves it, that's fine, man. I'm not going to stand in front of the somebody's screen and say, you can't watch Star Wars. You're a bad person. Yeah, watch it, man. You, you say that. Watch watch all three of them, and then watch E. T. And then watch you know, this other. I'm going to I'm going to pull. I'm going <clears throat> to so I'm going to pull up the uh, the Callaway County mug shots. They'll be you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you being arrested in front of the Star Wars screen. Ah, stop watching this shit. <laughs> um. All right, so so not a single movie. I'm, see, here's the problem: is is I I the movies that I've seen from the last decade are I've I've seen them all streaming. It's not the same, you know. I mean, we've got a really nice little theater down there. I don't know if you've seen. We've got a big big television, got surround sound, um, really good surround sound, um, and. You can pause. It's not like in a movie theater where you go in there and you sit down and that thing starts and it's not going to stop until it's done. You know, you can like, oh, it slowed down a little bit. I've got to pee. You know, you can stop it and go pee and then come back and start it back up again. It's just a different experience. Now, I've got to say, it's really nice, but I miss the escape theaters here in louisville they've got reclining leather seats that are this wide 
and by the way, I'm showing like an ex- foot wider than my butt. Um, actually, probably foot and a half. Um, not super wide. Anyway, super wide leather seats lay flat back. This gigantic screen with like eight. Isn't ten, that one of our new new products? Ten the, channel. The, the the Mo Sports leather couch. Um, you know, actually, that's it's your favorite. I think that may be the one that was Podcast just advertised. Listening to couch. Yeah, and it's it it encapsulates you in podcastiness. Um, the it's a pod couch. Did you see? Um, uh, this is such a weird diversion, but um, did you see Werner Hertz, Herzog's um, uh, Cave of Dreams? I think that was the name of it. Um, it was shot in three D. With um, and they were in these caves in France, and you can only go in there for a certain amount of time because there's a really high concentration of CO2 because of all the tree roots that come down into the cave. And it was discovered by um, uh, somebody was he was a shepherd or something, but anyway, he he found he he saw that there was air blowing out of this little hole in the ground off of up on a cliffside and uh kind of dug into it and found this cave and so uh, like they they've kept it secret for a long time and it's sealed off now they they the uh French government came in and opened up this this opening well originally the opening of the cave had been at the other end on the other side of this like ridge and it had collapsed and sealed this thing off and it was full of artwork from our you know um 5000 years ago 6000 uh, just ancient just cave paintings um and it untouched i mean it had been sealed off it it had opened up on the back side um and um uh, the uh, um, the uh, right. <coughs> These uh, there's bear, uh, cave bear bones in the cave. And that obviously the people had come there and done these ceremonies and they'd done all these drawings. And he went in there with this 3D rig that he made himself with like two two little cameras. He also did some shit with a blimp. Um, and he went in the cave and like filmed the cave with there just flashlights and, and, and all the artwork and just sort of like did it in 3D. And you really get the feel for how magical that must have been with a firelight, you know. And they're in this cave drawing these drawings, and they were probably tripping on mushrooms. Would be my guess. Um, and right, people like that's the kind of thing that we need to start doing again now, like where people create their own entertainment, and that this sort of twentieth century post World War II look, electricity, convenience, ovens. Kitchens, television, button pushing, remote control, and it's all done for you. 
It's well, all gotten very stale. That's what podcasts are. Uh, speaking of podcasts, uh, we, we have to sell some shit to you. So uh, here is some shit we're selling to you. Uh, we'll be right back. Feeling hopeless? World politics crushing your spirit? Longing for a time when the future was so bright you had to wear shades? Ask your doctor if the Mopod political time machine is right for you. The Mopod political time machine will return you to the year 1982, where you can live blissfully ignorant of COVID-19. The Trump presidency, reality television, Fox News, and wham! The Mopod political time machine is a computer-controlled IV drug injection system that places you in a coma where, thanks to our patented cocktail of drugs and our carefully constructed authentic 80s soundscapes, you'll live out the rest of your days in the era of big hair as happy as you're likely to ever be. We have a very limited number of these time machines available, so order yours today. Mopod Political Time Machine will cause premature death. Side effects can include being in a coma, loss of up to 28 years of memories, divorce, diarrhea, bunions, gout, bed sores, matrix, red pills, blue pills, fight clubs, and instant death. Mopod Political Time Machine. Don't you want to go? So, Dave, I'm in a band, and our band played music today, and it was really good. That's how we get together and entertain ourselves. The other way is by getting a whole bunch of underage girls and <laughs> and then paying them th- through Venmo and taking them over state lines to have sex with people while we take films of them. <sighs> But you, you know, all kidding aside, this really is the um, the degree to which all of us are, I think, uh, caricaturized. Ouch. And if if people are determined to. Uh, turn me and and turn the people who I uh, care about and identify with into into caricatures well guess what I'll do the same thing to them like I don't have to give these people any, any respect they don't respect me you know those people with those confederate flags on the front of their truck oh, yeah. they're they're just people like you and me yeah Th- I'm glad that, you brought that, that up drive you fucking crazy it's like no a motherfucker that's going to put a fucking Confederate flag on the front of his goddamn pickup truck is nothing fucking like me. That is a fucking cunt. He's an asshole. He doesn't give a fuck about anybody but himself. Fuck that guy. Right. And then, but I would also say the same thing. Do you have for, a Confederate flag on the people. front of your truck? Is that what you're telling me? No, but I don't have any <laughs> flags on my. I don't have a, a, have a, a, truck. a truck. And I have a. <laughs> You know, I have I a have car. A either, I have a car from the mid nineteen nineties, and uh, it, it's I call it the glorified uh, golf cart. And I think at this point, I could probably get fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars. What your it. metro? And um, 
I'm thinking that, you know, I could do that. And, um, and then I would never buy a car again. I would never buy any kind of an automobile again. And with everything that's been going on with the pandemic, it's been uh, easy to blow off uh, climate change. And of course, nothing is going to be done about that. Uh, that's a complete joke that people like oh, Joe, I, I, Joe Biden are going to do anything about that. Joe Biden. But I got to say something about the, the whole Confederate flag thing, because this summer in uh, in Callaway County, there was a big deal with the, the courthouse and there being a Robert E. Lee uh, statue, right? And the uh, a lot of people in Murray want it to be taken down. Uh, a lot of them are uh, activists, you might say, from Murray State. So here's the, the problem that, that I have with all of this, is that, yes, I definitely think that the Robert Lee Lee statue in the Callaway County Court Square should come down. It should be gone. It should be gotten rid of. But I grew up in Callaway County and always spent time uh, there on a regular base, basis through the course of my life in, in terms of visiting. I not only didn't know that the Robert Lee Lee statue was there in the court square. I didn't even know that the fountain was there. Like it's just, so what I'm saying is it's nowhere near enough to just be freaking out about these statues and saying, take these things down. It doesn't even come close to being enough. And then I have to make this point. It's been a regular thing that on Saturday mornings, I'll go for a drive to get a delicious latte, and I'll drive right by Murray State's campus. Now, Murray State right, is a public university, and what do I see every time I stroll uh, toward the campus and then make my right turn to head east to get my delicious... You're not strolling, you're driving. Same thing. My uh, Roll. <clears throat> Uh, I'm going to go you get my latte. Turn. What do what do I see? A closed gate. So it's easy to be against the prejudice of the past, but can you confront the prejudice of the present? Can you acknowledge as a Murray State student or someone a part of that phony, insulated world of academia that you're living in this gated community where you are literally segregating yourself from the city. I mean, you are saying, and this isn't just a, a gate, it's a giant gate, right? And it's definitely making a statement. It's saying, well, I mean, technically, you're a taxpayer. I mean, yes, you can come on here. But if, you're, if you don't belong here, if you don't have that cash, if you're not like bringing that cash in here, we don't want you here. Hmm. Of course it is. It's the same thing. Where is, where is this? It's on 15th Street going north as you're approaching campus, and you have to make a right turn going. You have to turn into Olive. You know where that is, mm-hmm. and that's where the. And it's really beautiful. I mean, it's a nice boulevard, uh, and it when the uh, trees are in bloom, and certainly in the fall, it's it's really nice. And then uh, you just make another uh, couple of zigzag turns, and you're right there where you can get a latte. Uh, there are actually a couple places where where you can go. I. I did have my place that I was kind of vibing before the pandemic, and now it's like, it'll definitely be a while before. I mean, I'm really glad that we're doing this, uh, you know, here, the in-person exciting podcast action. But it's going to be a while before I walk into a room where there are strangers. You know, anybody, everybody could walk in, and there might be a few people. There might be more than a few. That's just not going to happen for me anytime soon. 
Um, yeah, this is an interesting uh, uh, <clears throat> um, thing that I was. Uh, um, what was? It? Uh, uh, was it? All of which is to say, five, at five thirty-eight. I think you podcast. look. You look like a goofball when you go crazy about a, a statue that should should be gone. Yes, but I did not know it was there. And so it's not like if you drive. What I'm trying to say is. If you drive through downtown Murray, it's not like there is a enormous mile wide Confederate flag in it's, the middle of, it, of, it, of the square. It's not like Lee Circle, or it's not like the Confederate statue that is that but is. You definitely look a like a goofball when you're protesting that, and then you go back to your gated community that's paid for with taxpayer money. And are you willing to confront that to yourself? Like so, well, are, are are all the entrances to to Murray State have a gate now, or is there just one big gate? And is the gate that's closed? one really big gate, but it's one of the the most visible and accessible through fares for the campus. I mean, there are other ways that you could get there, but really, that and, I think that would be the the main entrance because the, if the, you were to go west of there, that's where the president's the, house. The is. The gate is it, closed. Yes. Yes. Huh. Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar with this. Well, but, you could always take my word for it, but don't do that. Well, I know, but uh, I mean, I'm am just thinking of the giant Confederate uh, war statue that's that's right in the middle of U of L's campus. Well, yeah, um, and these things don't get me wrong; for sure, take them down. But grandstanding like you you're doing something really brilliant and amazing and brave because you're doing this. I mean, give me a break. There's. Like, you've got to deal with the prejudice of the present. You know, none of these people want to confront income inequality. None of them want to get to the the, the war machine, the but war that's empire. socialism, Dave. Right, exactly. So you can pretend to be, and this is one Which of is the, the same totally as sickening thing. Like, you, you can go off on the person with their Confederate flag, but I'm going to go off on all the people who uh, had no problem with the Persian Gulf War. And, of course, the Persian Gulf War set in motion all of the horrible things that have happened uh, here in America with the attacks of 9-11 and these subsequent wars. We're still in Afghanistan. Uh, we Everything has gotten worse since we've been there, which everybody who said that we shouldn't be getting in there said was going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I just don't really see these things being... Address and and begin. Oh, here's another thing. Uh, what's it called? Reparations, right? So in Evanston, Illinois, where Northwestern is, they actually, the city of Evanston gave reparations to black families living in Evanston. Okay, great. Why don't we do this for Native Americans, First Nation people? Because America, <laughs> I guess it's just a bullshit, phony meaningless thing to do but then to act like wow you're i'm the one who's going to tell the truth i'm fighting for something i'm going to rectify these we must confront our history i'm I'm not i'm not sure i understand what you're talking about because evanston did this thing for the people there in evanston Mm -hmm. how are they supposed to do this for people in montana the people in evanston the people in montana or actually the people in the united states of america ought to do something but right. you I was making a point about increm- Americans and a and a subset of, of Americans, it's, right? People yeah. who like to pretend like they really are 
against the establishment or they're, they're standing for change and they want to make things right, but they don't. They just want to pick these safe and convenient things that are safely tucked away in the past, like Robert E. Lee. Well, now he was alive in the 19th century. You know, that's a long time ago. Like, can you confront something that is actually in the here and now and and take that on uh, well, and, and get and, and to get rid of that? Here, so okay, here's the here's you're the, right. Like here, the people in Evanston, it is they're not obliged to uh, correct the uh, mistakes of the people in Montana. I agree with that. That well done. The the, the Robert E. Lee statue. I mean, here's here's my thing with those. Is that yes? This is a statue of a guy who was of hero to the South in eighteen sixty something, but it was constructed probably in the nineteen thirties, um, which was a point where we were lynching black people mm-hmm. on a regular basis, yeah. and we were trying to make them afraid. That's why we put up this Confederate guy in the middle of the court square. So we've that's understood now. Take him down. It is something that should be protested. Now, whether or not these people, especially the students, realize the fact that they are living in a segregated community because of these gates, which is news to me because like like uh, uh, Tulane, for instance, there there's not there's no gates anywhere on that campus you can cross back and forth through it well there weren't in the 80s when you were there have you been there recently yeah i've been there in the last what eight years nine years yeah i've driven through there i I went went to look i mean it's it's changed there's a lot of what used to be open space has like a business school on it yeah sure that's typical right and that's what i'm saying take care of things at home like you're you letting this campus is that really what we need like that's a definitely a prominent thing the same thing is true at the university of kentucky there used to be this big open green space from euclid uh going if i've got my directions that this would be going going west and then there's a there's a, a, a short hill and then that's where you get the the courtyard, and then you have the Whitehall classroom, and then you have the your uh, your, your buildings like your classroom and, and office buildings, right? But there was all that uh, uh, green there, and then it extended into what used to be the old football field called Stall Field, which was right across from what used to be the old basketball gym, like Memorial uh, Coliseum. Now it's where I think the marching band performs but most of the time it's just an open space or it was right but then the last time that i was around uh, uk's campus um i've been there since but this would have been i think back in 2009 they had uh gotten uh, rid of that they had built things on there why just completely pointless and and, and meaningless and like if you're not going to fight against your university um being perverted into a uh, a business cabal, um, then your activism is useless. Like you're you're just going to be another generation of people, just like and 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 look, 
this is people who make these um, aggravating arguments about the past. What are they always going to do? They're going to say, "Look, back in the day, if you were alive in 1870, that's just how things were. You didn't even notice it." It's kind of like what you're saying about these students. Like they may not realize they live in a segregated community. They may not notice the gate, or they may not think about. The symbolism of the gate, and what just like they they go to uh, UK and they may not think about the fact that instead of it being, in many ways, bucolic, which kind of encourages introspection and some degree of solitude, now it's just hustle and bustle and concrete and plastic and windows everywhere, computers, overelectrified business, 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 like totally useless. I mean, it really is. The complete opposite of higher education, like you're just going there to be brainwashed. Yeah, that's why it's like QAnon. It's it's the it's it's the campus of QAnon. Smart people go to private colleges. Ha ha ha. Um, Okay, um, uh, so that doesn't um, sound like a segregated (laughs) comment. um, Segregationist mindset. Yeah. Well, you know. College and university used to be a very um, extraordinary thing, you know, fifties and sixties. Um, if it wasn't for the GI Bill, I mean, we would not have this situation where almost everybody goes to college. And fortunately, when the generation that was getting using the GI Bill to go to the uh, to co- go to college and university, they were still stringent academic um, teaching places, not factories meant to churn out people to go into middle management. Not the thirteenth grade. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, and. I mean, high school now. I mean, I just or to just uh, my, my my stepson manage a, my, a winking lizard in Northeast Ohio. I mean, they, that's they what just, college graduates do. They, you don't need to go to college to do this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there. There should be there should be multiple channels the, that that the are not for your college. Is a backlash against the GI Bill because the GI Bill didn't make it where everyone was going to go to college. What the GI Bill did is it made it where People who actually wanted to go could go, and that's the right thing to do. But when you turn college, when you turn higher en- higher education into everyone goes, I mean, it's either just something that, that's part of your cultural journey, I, like, this is my time to get away from my parents, this is my time to go and party, I'm going to be in a, a, a fraternity sorority, I'm going to do all these things, have these great moments, and, oh yeah, I mean, I did my, my classes, and maybe I'll major in this, major in that, I'm going to have, the, they call it the college experience, and, the, and the, the, the branding, right, the, the brand, this is the brand, I'm going to be a part of all this, this vision, this excitement, Well, I'm, where I'm, the action is, it's I, a spectacle. I, 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 kind, of, I, kind, a of, spectacle. I kind of agree. Then you're definitely ruining it because I, there's no reason for you to be in college unless I, I, you want to be there. I kind of agree with you, except that I will say that an awful lot of people that got a free ride at college for the GI Bill did it to get, you know, just a degree that will let them get a thing. And that, okay, hold on, hold on. That started showing the university system that they could get money by just getting people an, a leg up on a job or now, the illusion now, of- now through the 70s and even the 80s you, there still was a um, wow 
Wow. We got to do something about that. Yeah, I, I've there's multiple channels of shit going on. So in the seventies and eighties, they realized that they could make money off of it, but they still weren't reaming people. Like now, it's obviously this uh, collusion with the banks and the colleges, right? Just keep jacking up the tuition. But basically, today's university public education, the problem is. The Reagan revolution, that these uh, state universities and colleges have gone from state-funded to state-assisted to state-located, right? They've just deliberately, on purpose, not uh, funded the schools. They're not, it's not uh, subsidiarity. They're not taking taxpayer money and, and investing it directly back into things that, that benefit or are for the public, like free college and, and, and university. Did you know that if you're an in-state student, it's $30,000 a year, including room, room and board, uh, to go to Kentucky? $30,000? I mean, that's mind-boggling. That's insane. And yeah. I also have to say, having taught at a private university, there's no difference at all between who goes to a private university and who goes to a public one. That's yet another fantasy, a part of marketing. I mean, people who graduate from a place like Tulane may want to think that they were rubbing elbows with the smarter people, but no, they're, I was, they're, I was they're, rubbing elbows with richer people. Well, sure. That, that is fair to say. And, and, but I tell you what, in some ways that actually makes them uh, poor students because at the at the private place where I taught, there was just an unbelievable level of complacency. I mean, very, it was like it was like working in a retirement home. It was a weird thing about Tulane was, in my experience, the most intellectual, interesting, and um, really thoughtful people that I knew were ones that were there, like me on a shit ton of scholarships and grants and stuff. The ones that were there because, you know, they were getting fully paid tuition, they were mostly shits. I mean, mostly shits. But that's how a high-quality university like Tulane is able to survive. You know, they can have this staff where they've got these high-paid, tenured professors that teach 12, 15 students a year. They can afford that because they've got these shits from New York. Now, the way UK does it is they have 20,000 students. Paying $30,000 a year. Paying $30,000 a year. And then you still have a 25 to 1 ratio. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it, it, but there, over, there but are, overall, there through are and through. there are almost no classes where there's twelve people in them. It's a, it's a very poor system. I mean, in any any country that is a wealthy country, it should be no problem to have it where at, at every university the uh, student to teacher ratio is is fairly low, and and the the teaching could actually be. Um, in, in, enjoyable. I mean, it could be a, a meaningful intellectual exchange between adults. I mean, you have the older, uh, more expert adult, but then you you should be dealing with young adults who are actually interested in continuing their education and not consumed with um, their own self-aggrandizement and uh, doing 
just follow, having this cliche experience. Well, what I'm, but it's what, definitely what, a, a, a dreary uh, world all the way around. I think the the contemporary world of of academia is um, yeah, well, a, a, a sad. Wait, 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 wait till you see what happens when this next generation comes along. That the only thing they were taught to do was how to pass tests. That's I mean, already here. I mean, that, that's well. They're they're moving into the. They're starting to fill it, fill up the college system now, and there are always exceptions. But fuck, just not good, you know. And Dave, it just it just points out to you that nothing good is ever going to happen again. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Modus Operandi Podcast. This episode was recorded at the IFBR Studios in Louisville, Kentucky, with Alan Miller and Dr. David Overby in the same room, thanks to the COVID vaccines. Produced, engineered, edited, and mixed by Alan Miller. Music by the Institute for Psychic Reform. Intro remixed by Hydropod. Please join us again soon for the 218th episode by subscribing to the show wherever you get podcasts. Search for us on Facebook. A poorly kept webpage with recent episodes is available at psychicreform.com slash mopod where you can also find the RSS feed to directly subscribe to this show. Search for Alan Evil on Twitter for sometimes funny, sometimes insightful, and sometimes literate tweets and the occasional cute animal video. The Mopod Gift Store is a fictional entity and the products advertised are imaginary. Mopod! Stay safe, wear a mask, maintain a safe distance from others, and get vaccinated. See you soon.